Okay. Finishing up Perk Tet. <clears throat> Moving into Perk Yud. So here we're talking about a case where a person is uh, hired by a non-Jew who has bought land in Eretz Yisrael and the person is helping him to weed. He's helping the non-Jew to weed and it's uh, in the English here there's a, there's a type of a type of, of uh, species, a type of plants. Chasiot is sorry uh, alliums A-L-L I-U-M-S. Look at it for one second. It's like the family of garlic and other things. Yeah, garlic and then you can reach. What's that? You know it? Yeah, alliums, yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I had I had never heard that term before. Um, uh, species, genus of monarch flowering plants. The hundreds of onion, garlic, scallion, shallot, leek, chives, all these things. And um, uh, all of these have what's it called? They have uh, they have um, uh, they have what's it called? They have um, uh, bulbs, right? So they're going to be in, in French. The word for garlic is i a i l. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Awesome, <laughs> exactly, tremendous. So. Um, so that's what chasiot are. And again, that, that relates, that's very important for us because as we saw in previous Mishnah, remember, Tevel, right, untithed produce that gets replanted, it, it retains its status, right, when it's got this, when it's got the bulb, right? So uh so Hamanakesh Imanochi Alpha Pisha Pereis of Tevel, Shamalechem Aleph. Alpha Pisha Pereis of Tevel, Ochel Mehem Arai. So you can still eat uh, the, 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 the non, again, there's a non Jew bought land in Eretz Israel. He's growing alliums, garlic or whatever, something with a bulb. And the non Jew hasn't tithed his uh, garlic bulbs before planting them. So it's Tevel that was planted, right? Now he's hired me, the Jew, to come and help him with it. And he gave me permission to pop some in my mouth while I'm weeding, while I'm weeding his uh, his alliums, right? Now, and the Chachamim also say, you're allowed. Now the question is, how could I be allowed to eat them even awry, even though usually Tevel, <clears throat> you're allowed to eat um, before the produce gets brought in and you smooth over the pile or whatever the equivalent of smoothing over the pile is for garlic when you've got it all you know uh, brought in and harvested only at that point does the obligation for tithing kick in when you're still out there in the garden to just pop one in your mouth is mutter problem is that the um that the garlic that is owned by the non-jew is Tevel itself because he didn't 
he's not going to tithe it, okay? And he owns land in Eretz Yisrael. And now he's planted Tevel, which should mean, like we saw in the previous Mishnah, since it's growing from a bulb that doesn't decompose, so any subsequent garlic that grows should have the strictness of the Tevel as it was before it was planted. So we, we don't see you right now as being pre-finishing the harvesting. We see you as being post the harvesting of the bulbs before they were planted. And so you wouldn't be allowed to eat them even in a even in a non-set uh, manner, even 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 in a uh, a rai in English is uh, like as a snack, and not as a set meal. So how can the rabbi say here you're allowed to eat them a And so the answer is that um, uh, we're talking here about an, uh, the opinion of Rabbi Shimon which is, and this Mishnah goes according to Rabbi Shimon, although we'll see in a second, the Rambam doesn't agree with him, but Rabbi Shimon holds, if a non-Jew buys land in Eretz Yisrael, then he has the power to make it that the produce that grows in that land will be completely exempt from the mitzvahs of tithing. Yesh Kenyan to pay kuf ayin is the root of that word. Lehafkia to un to um to um to take out from the land and from anything that grows from it the um uh, obligation to tithe. So Rabbi Shimon holds that way, and therefore the fact that However, so that's true on the on the biblical level, that any produce that grows in land bought by a non-Jew in Eretz Yisrael, biblically, zero. There's no real need to tithe them at all. The rabbi stepped in and said, you still have to tithe them. So it's a rabbinic rule. And so therefore, and the rabbis say this rule even in terms of planting, even if they you take untithed produce of the non-Jew who plants it. When it grows, it's also called untithed based on the status from before they were planted, where they were already properly harvested and therefore cannot even be snacked upon. And hence, you would think the rule would be you can't even snack upon them now since it's growing from a bulb. But since this whole rule that non-Jewish produce has to be tithed to begin with is rabbinic, according to this Mishnah, which is Rabbi Shimon. The rabbis didn't include that strictness of stopping you from even eating a snack uh, before tithing. So even though they say that the produce of the non-Jew has to be tithed, but if he takes that produce without tithing it and plants it, and you go to work for him, you can still snack on it before he finishes it. Um, uh, because it, it, since the whole thing is rabbinic to begin with anyways, it's therefore permissible. Okay, that's because this Mishnah goes according to Rabbi Shimon. We saw previously, and we'll look at it again, it's always good to go back to this, the Rambam in Hilchot Shumot Perak Aleph Halacha Yud. He says, not like our Mishnah. Akum shekana karka Yisrael, a non-Jew who buys land in Eretz Yisrael, lo hifki yuhamin ha-mitzvahs. It's not, he does not 
uh, take it out of its obligation. Really, Min HaTorah is a mitzvah to tie those fruits. You buy them from him, you have to tie them, even on a biblical level. El Harehi Bikdush it remains holy. And therefore, if a Jew buys that land back from the non-Jew, also in terms of kibush, it's not considered that now that part of Eretz Yisrael has a different status as if it was only conquered by a single Jew, as we learned before, way back when. The holiness of Eretz Yisrael in terms of ob- being obligated in mitzvahs depends on kibush rabim, needs to be conquered as a, uh, as a nation, as a whole. But if a non-Jew buys it and you buy it back from him, it's not considered that you've now just conquered a new part of Eretz Yisrael. Even though he bought it, his economic acquisition of a piece of Eretz Yisrael does not exonerate it from, from, uh, from all the mitzvahs. And in terms of the Torah's perspective, it's all as if it was never sold to him to begin with. So, but our Mishnah follows Rabbi Shimon, and and therefore there's going to be this um, uh, leniency of being allowed to eat the um, aliens, right? These these bulb producing vegetables um, as a snack while working for the non-Jew. But lahalacha, we're not going to hold that way because they really are tevel min Torah, and when they're planted, whatever grows on them is mamish tevel based on their status of having been properly fully harvested and put in a pile and everything before they were planted again. And therefore you can't take a snack. That's where the halacha will actually come out. Gewalt. So that's the first line of the Mishnah. Okay. Shesile truma shenitmeru. Is this about, by the way, 100% clear? Um, don't, uh, yeah, we can, we can ask. Okay. Shesile Truma. And now I've got Truma that I planted, right? Now, but the interesting thing now, the twist we're throwing in now, it was the Truma was Tame. We said before, you, you're not supposed to plant Truma. Um, and if you did, the rabbis made it even when the seed does disintegrate. The rabbis made it the Gidule Truma or Truma, right? The growth of the growth, Gidule, Gidule, not, but the first time it gets done, they all have a status of truma. What happens if I planted truma that's tummy? Shasile truma shenitma'u. Shasalam, if I planted them, taharu milatame. They become tahor from causing other things to become tame. But the Kohen is still not allowed to eat them. Vasurin mechol achi yagom esa'ochel. You have to first um, uh, cut off any edible part and and leave only the bulb. If we're still talking about bulbs over here, such that new growth can occur. So first of all, shesile chuma, such as these kinds of things, kruva tradin is is are are also aliens that would became tame and you planted them. Tiharumi tame why? That minatora kevanchenis chabrula karkavnis bat lumitoras ocha. Once something gets connected to the ground, it's no longer 
it becomes misbatlu. They have become nullified from the Torah of food, meaning from the definition of being food, the halachic category of food. They stop being food. They become ground. And anything that's um, a part of the ground or attached to the ground um, is can't contract tuma, and in this case, loses its tuma status. It, 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 it becomes tahar again. As the Mishnah says, taharu militame. And that means what? They're not allowed to be eaten, but even though the rabbi said, even though the, really its status is that it goes back to being completely tahar, still the rabbis don't want the Kohen to eat from it. They added a rabbinic stricture since what you planted was tame until you cut off any edible part that was there when it planted and you have only brand new things that grow. And whatever grows afterwards will then be permitted. And Rabbi Yehuda said they were even stricter than that. You have to cut off from the bulb any edible part and plant it in. And then the first that grows out, you have to cut that off also. And only the third growth. Only what grows uh, the third time uh, after the second time will be mutter. But we don't go that strict. Um, uh, just cutting off the first part because after all, at one, at one point it was tame. We don't want any confusions. But be'etzim, from the Torah's perspective, when something gets connected to the ground, it's not food anymore. It's part of the ground. And it becomes tahor again. Perek Yud. Okay, now we're dealing with a whole new topic. This is the topic of mixtures of truma and non-truma while being cooked. Before we spoke about truma and non-truma when they were still like in piles or bunches or planted in the ground and you have all these mixtures and how do you deal with it? You need one to a hundred, you need all the different types of, of, uh, of laza we saw. But now we're talking about taste and taste transfer which is another factor when heat gets brought into the picture. Um, so, an onion that was put into lentils. Okay, so uh, what's the case over here? Batsal shel truma shenasnu We're talking about a case of an onion that is a truma onion. And it, they were put into, it was put into uh, lentils that were not truma. Uh, wait a minute. I see there's a lot of girses here. Wait a minute. The way the Gemara learns it is not that way. Okay, I'm. this is a little bit mixed up here. I see there's a lot of uh, brackets over here because they're bringing different versions. The way the Gemara learns it in the Yerushalmi is the onion is chulin. The onion is not truma, and the lentils are truma. So if the onion is whole, 
then it's mutter, meaning why? Because we don't consider that the taste of the lentils got into the onion. A whole onion uh, kind of has some defenses. It's, uh, it's the outer leaves are a little thicker, whatever. It, it doesn't let the taste in the same way. If the onion was cut, then we look at the amount. And if there's more than a 60th, um, uh, or the Kohen himself can just come and taste it, actually, in this case. Usually we talk about no centam. Um, we go by a figure of a 60th, like our milk and meat or non-kosher taste. Here, it's an interesting case because the Kohen is perfectly allowed to eat truma. So you can just call over a Kohen and say, hey, can you taste truma in here? And uh, if he can, you got to give it to him. If he can't, uh, then, 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 then you could eat it because the taste didn't go in, right? So no in time here is more of a practical question. Can the if a, if a kohen comes over and tastes it, does he or doesn't he? The ta'im lehu kohen shemuter bechulin of a truma. Iis behu tamah the truma. If there is a taste of truma there, hakolas ulazarim, then the entire onion becomes forbidden to uh, non-kohanim, strangers meaning non-kohanim. If the Kohen tastes and he can't taste the lentil taste inside the onion, when it's a chopped onion, then everything's okay. If it was a whole onion, then the assumption is the taste of lentils didn't get in. Uh, but this is unique to um, lentils. This is unique to lentils that apparently uh, lentils all alone don't have such a powerful taste and cannot uh, break through to put their taste into a whole onion, <laughs> only a cut up onion. But all, any other kind of, uh, any other kind of vegetable, sharkol hatavshil, bein shalim bein mechutach tam, whether it's a whole onion or a cut onion, the taste does go into the onion. Uh, and you have to always call the onion, the Cohen to taste the onion to add to check can he taste the lentil taste in the onion or not. Okay. So um, uh, Rabbi Yehuda. Now, just before we get into this, let's just look at the uh, at the. Okay, well, we'll read the last part of the Mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda Matir Bitsachana. Sachana is a strange kind of a dagim uh, ketanim, little little fish that are um, uh, pickled in brine. Kavushos bitzir. Notos muter. You can. Now we're talking about a case. It switches over here. Now we're talking about a case where the onion is truma, and the brine is chulin. So you have an onion truma put inside the um, this fish brine, this fish little fish with brine. Um, as long as the batal is whole, so it didn't get like mixed up with it. Because the onion is only put in there in order to. Um, take away some of the bad smell of the fish. 
and the onion is, is not put into the fish in order to give it a, an onion taste. So even though the onion is truma, and it does something to the fish, but really what it does is it just takes away its bad taste. This is how the um, Bartanur puts it. The um, uh, Now let's see one second the Rambam here. Is the Rambam Perik Tetvav? Um, and he says over here. He says, generally speaking, he says, the Rambam now getting into the concept of taste and mixtures and how taste gets taste affects mixtures. Says Elger Rambam, Perik Tetvav of, of Hilchas Truma, Halacha Zayin. I've already taught you, he says, in general, in terms of how kashras works, if you have one type and another type, and one of the two types are forbidden, then, and they get cooked together, then the forbidden type will forbid the permitted type if it gets its taste into it. Batzal mechutach, therefore chopped onion, which was cooked shenizbashalim hatavshil, and it was cooked together with some uh, some dish. Ima batzal truma, if the onion was truma, vehatavshil chulin, and the rest of the dish was not was chulin. Vyeis botam habatzal, and now they all got this oniony taste. Rei hatavshil asir lazarim. So what's going to happen is non-Kohanim will not no longer be able to eat this uh, dish because it's all got an onion taste. And an onion in of itself isn't a problem, but an onion that's truma is a problem. Only a Kohen can eat that onion that's truma, and not only the onion itself, but the taste of the onion. It's now spread, and the whole cholent, or whatever it is, only Kohanim can eat. Vima batzal chulin, if it's the opposite, and the, it was not truma, and the rest of the tavshil was truma. Venim sa tam tavshil ba batzal, we'll have the cone come and taste the onion, like we saw. Hare ha batzal aser, if he tastes it, then the onion has become forbidden. Now we have this one strange why, why thing. Why is the onion forbidden? It's not truma. Right, if the if the taste, if the if the cone can taste, the taste of the other stuff that is truma, right? Ima batza chulin va tavshil truma, right? And the taste got in. Nimza tama tavshil babatzal. Now the taste got into the onion. Hareya batzal. So now, the, now that onion is going to be a problem, right? Gewalt. So now there's this strange thing about lentils. Adashim shenis bashlu. We have to think about this in terms of, uh, in terms of. Uh, in terms of Yaakov Avinu and Esav, I don't know. But Adashim Shenis Bashlu, there's something special here about lentils, lentils that were cooked. Cook lentils and they're hot, right? And I threw in a dry onion. If the onion was whole, it's impregnable specifically and only to lentils. Hareze Mutter. That this is just, I don't know, that, that's what our Mishnah says. It gets down to the Lach and the Rambam. Um, that the lentils 
have trouble getting their taste into an onion when it's a whole onion. In fact, not only have trouble, they just can't do it. Um, uh, but if the onion was chopped, if the onion was chopped, then yeah, call a Kohen, the Kohen's going to taste the onion. If he tastes lentil taste in there, now again, we're talking about lentils that are that are um, uh, that are truma. If he tastes the, 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 the lentil taste in the chopped onion, then it's a problem. But we don't even have to ask him if it's a whole onion. A whole onion won't observe lentil taste. Oh, okay, interesting. So he, here the Rambam actually makes it a little more, maybe a little more understandable. I didn't notice this little subtlety until now. If he cooked, okay, what was the first case? It was previously cooked uh, lentils and a dry onion, meaning an uncooked onion, just got thrown in on top of the cooked lentils. There, that's where it's impregnable if it's whole. But if you actually cooked a whole onion with lentils and they were cooked together, in other words, he's learning our Mishnah to be only when you threw it in, the onion, the, the, the lentils are already cooked, the onions uncooked, you threw it on top. There, there's this special, special thing this exceptional thing that a whole onion won't get any taste from the lentils. But if you cook the onion, even though it's whole with the lentils, there you still have to get it tested because the taste could get in even when whole. If you cook the onion together with the lentils, then whether it's whole or, 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 or chopped, we do have to test it if it, is, if it has absorbed taste or not. Ushar kol tavshil, but any other kind of a dish, of a cooked dish, ben shehishlicha batzala chashinis bashel, whether you threw the onion in after it had been cooked, ben shebishlo ima tavshil, or whether I, right, only only lentils have this exception that when they were cooked and then you threw a dry onion on them, that the dry onion, if whole, won't absorb taste. Every other kind of thing could absorb taste and needs to be tested. Oh, and he even speaks it out. <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't even notice that he got gets into this. And why is it that a whole onion? Why is it that a whole onion that uh, 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 that you throw throw into previously cooked lentils? Uh, you don't even have to test it with a Kohen. What makes that one case like stand out? Because it will not draw from them. Well, it won't draw in any taste. Because it's whole. And it also won't put any of its taste into them because they've already been cooked. But if the onion, this is only when it's like a dry onion. But if it's a, if it's a, if it's a soft onion, then it's like a chopped onion. Gewalt. But even a dry onion, if you cut off the top and took off the outside, or, or if it was wet, it's also like it's as if it was chopped. Okay, it's another type of vegetable. Other things don't doesn't matter. Whole, half, dry, wet, no difference. Um, 
Now he's got also the case of the Tzachana. Where is it? Oh, okay. It's by so it's by it's okay. It's by a different case. So, okay, let's go back into the Mishnah for a second. So we're back into Perak Yud. And Rabbi Huda said about the Tzachana, it's only there to take bad taste out, but we don't hold like Rabbi Yehuda. Um, and if the onion was truma and was put into the, and even though you only put it into the uh, fish with the brine in order to take out a bad taste from it, in order to take out some kind of zuhama, some kind of pollution from it, still, if it imparts a little bit of onion taste and it's discernible, it will be us, or not like Rabbi Yehuda. Now, tapuach. If I've got an apple, shirisko, it's sheltruma, shirisko, I, I uh, pulverized the apple, and when the sonakshu merusak katush, I took it when it's all crushed, and put it into dough. And the thing about apple uh, is that it can ferment. And it can cause the dough to rise, right? This is something we discussed a little bit earlier on in the in the Masechta that even though we say, generally speaking, one to a hundred is enough to nullify truma that is in a mixture of non-truma. But if the truma that's in the mixture is a leavening agent, then even if it's less than a hundred, it's going to be a problem. We can understand why, because it it, it, it makes a huge uh, effect on the entirety of the thing. You have now dough that rises be, because of a truma leavening agent. So here, if an apple that's truma, that's crushed and put into the dough, the chimta, and it made it rise. Ho the chulin machmasa truma nischamta, since the chulin leavened and rose because of the truma. So ha'isa asur lazarim. So now this dough is going to be forbidden to any non-Kohen. Um, and then we have se'orim shenaflu socha bor shalmayim. Excuse me. If you have lentils that fell into a um, a water a uh, cistern of water. Even though um, the water, the taste of the lentils now went out into the water um, and the water became kind of, uh, it's considered to be a bad taste that got into the water. Still, the, the water is now allowed to be drunk, even though you can taste truma taste in it. Why is that? Here's where the Rambam steps in. Uh, here. This is Perik Tedvav of Truma Halacha Tedvav. Tedvav Tedvav. So Orim Shel Truma Shenafulabor Shel Maim Lentils that are Truma that fell into a cistern of water. They put their taste right into the water. Because anything that has, even though we have a rule 
that when taste is imparted from one thing to another thing, um, and you can discernibly taste it, it's other if the thing that whose taste it is, is is a forbidden thing like truma. But when it de demotes, it it makes the thing whose taste it absorbed now worse because of that taste. It makes it what's called tam lifgam. It causes a taste that is not a good taste, not a not a desirable taste. Um, so we have a, a learning that ain't no sintam lifgam oser. Something that causes a taste that is a bad taste. That's a that's a rule right across kashras, including truma. That will not cause iser over here, um, uh, and therefore that's the. That's the halacha. Okay. You can try over here now. The next mission. I prepared basically those three. We can We will try with ten more minutes. We'll 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 wade into this. I didn't prepare this next one, but Bezus Hashem, we're learning good. Haroide pas chama. So what? Redias hapas was a great chokma that. You can still find around Eretz Yisrael. They, they, the way they would bake the bread is you'd have a big um, uh, um, metal kind of uh, thing that you'd put you'd put over a fire. Uh, there'd be a hole at the top, and 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 the, and the bread you stick on on the uh, on the metal. Redia sapas is the removal. Of the bread from the tanur, to know how to do that—that that it doesn't break, that it doesn't stick, that the, when it's the right time and etc. It's a whole chokma called redias, redias hapas. Comes up in Masechet Shabbos, like if somebody forgets his Shabbos and puts bread on the oven, so he should take it off. Even though redias hapas to take bread off of an oven is aser midirabanan, but to leave it there to bake. You'll get the you'll get the prohibition of baking on Shabbos if you leave it there too long. If you take it off early enough before it bakes, you won't get the malacha. Um, uh, so Redia Sapas is not itself a malacha. It's a chokma. It's an, it's asur on Shabbos. If there would be bread on a, on an oven on Shabbos, any case haroi de pas cham. I'm taking off the hot bread. So it's steaming hot bread. Where do I put it? I put it on top of a barrel of truma wine. Right? So now we're going to have, once again, the bread is going to become, uh, it's going to suck up and and be, and absorb the smell of the truma wine. Right? The bread and the wine. Gavaldic. Um, uh, Rabbi Meir Oyser. Rabbi Meir says there's a problem. Why? And this is a big, huge thing in Kashrus. This is one of the big sources. The idea of reach. This comes up today in our ovens. If you cook something fleshik and something uh, milchik or something parav together, uncovered in an oven, how uh, bad is that? The smell is the smell. So, like here, we have this machloikis tanaim, recha milsahi. Recha is a thing. That means recha 
causes a real Iser Mina Torah um, and is not just uh, 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 you know, a side thing. Smell is real. Smell carries Iser. Yeah? So Rabbi Meir says we take the smell very, very seriously and uh, since the smell now got absorbed into this hot bread, only a cone can eat the bread. Rabbi Yehuda Mati, Rabbi Yehuda says no. Recha lav milsahi. Smell is not literally like a matter or a thing. It's not a halachic uh, thing. We'll spend it tomorrow, Bezus Hashem. This is a fun thing to bring me back to my smicha days. This is a, this is a, this is a, a thing. Comes up a, a few places in, in Bavli and, and so on and in halacha. And we can talk. This, this is something that can relate a lot to, to us. You know, if you if you cooked your if you baked your cookies in the oven together with uncovered chicken, can you have those cookies with milk? You know, and so on. These kinds of things. So we'll talk about that tomorrow, Bezus Hashem. But uh, we'll just get through this mission now. So Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda, our argument Rabbi Meir says, Reach is a thing. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, Reach is not a thing. Rabbi Yosi Mater B'Shalchitim V'Ose B'Shal Seorim Seorim Shalos. Rabbi Yosi says, well. Reach is a thing, but it depends on the substance and how much it's going to absorb the reach. As he says that barley uh, will 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 be will, will, will better absorb the smell of the truma wine than than wheat will. Okay, Hashem, we will uh, get more into this tomorrow. Um, uh, start to end a little bit early, but. Uh, it's been a really busy day for me. I, uh, tonight, Bezus Hashem, I'm defending my PhD thesis. It's uh, it's mamisha, mamisha crazy, crazy night. To... <laughs> um, uh, 